most fun you'll have with money is giving it away. Welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment, where we provide financial information on topics such as investing, insurance, financial planning, and everything related to your money. A quick reminder that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only, and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed. We upload a brand new podcast every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe to our show so you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We are Mach 1 Financial Group on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. If you have a question you want us to answer here on the podcast, just send an email to podcast at Mach1FG.com. If you want to learn more about your financial future, you can schedule a free consultation with any of our advisors here at Mach 1 with absolutely no obligation. Just head to Mach1FG.com for more information. Hello and welcome to the Mach 1 Market Moment. This is episode number 77. Wow, Matt and Matt, 77 episodes. This is fantastic. And today we're getting here close to the end of the year, real close to Thanksgiving. And people are maybe thinking, oh, what should I do for the end of the year? Maybe tax purposes. What, what things should I be thinking about? So today we're going to be talking about giving, efficient ways to give, who gives, how much do people give, and what should we be doing to prepare for the end of the year. Uh, along with us today, we have, of course, Matt Walters, our Senior VP and Financial Advisor, and Matt Hager, our uh, Marketing Director extraordinaire. Okay, guys, let's talk about giving. Okay, let's talk about giving. Let's start off with a few facts here. Uh, these kind of blew my mind. Over 80% of all donations to charities in the U.S. come from individuals, not companies. 80%. That's wild. Uh, Matt Hager did all these uh, statistics for us. And here you go. Hang on to your seat for this one. The people that give the most relative to their income make less than $50,000 a year. Yeah, you heard it right. Less than $50,000 a year, they give a bigger percentage of their income than anyone except those that make more than $10 million. Matt, does that shock you? That's Yeah, that that took me back when I saw that. That is, it, those that are least charitable make between $100,000 and $500,000. Those are the least charitable as a relationship to their income. Man, this is a good time to have a podcast talking about giving. We need to be giving some more. Well, what, what's some of the reasons you think that might be, Matt? I mean, we, we know back in 2017 the standard deduction changed so what happened there yeah so if you go back to um 2017 60 only 68 percent of people took the standard deduction but then you had the standard deduction that nearly doubled and going back to 2019 that number went from 68 to 87 percent of people taking the standard deduction so definitely it made a, had a big impact on who was itemizing and who just took the standard deduction or not so before 2017 people itemized because they could get take more off their taxes but with the tax cut and job act that raised the standard deduction and so more people said hey i can get a better deduction if i just do the standard deduction and it jumped from less than 70 percent to almost 90 percent people use the standard deduction well, let's talk about a few things about that. Uh, Matt, you, we've talked about the concept of lumping 
uh, your giving and your charitable contributions. What, what in the world is lumping? Lumping, yeah. So this is this is a really good option, I think, for a lot of people, um, and not very many people take advantage of it. But if you if you're someone who gives, but maybe you don't give, you know, the dollar amount that you give isn't enough to itemize in a single year, right? So let's say your standard deductions it's twenty four thousand or whatever it is, and as a family, you know, married couple filing joint, and you give your itemized deductions for the year, and your gifting comes to twenty thousand, right? It's going to make sense for you to take the standard deduction versus itemizing. But if you could, if you had the ability to, and you can give two years worth in one calendar year, so you could itemize and have forty thousand dollars worth of deductions in one year, then you could itemize in one year, get that forty thousand dollar deduction, and then go right back to the standard deduction in the year. So you know, an example is if you tithe to your church. And your tithe is fifteen or twenty thousand dollars for the year. Maybe you tithe two years worth in one. Take advantage of that itemizing, um, get the benefit, and then the next year you're not tithing because you tithed the previous year, and you take you know the standard deduction. So that's kind of the idea and the gist of the lumping. So if, if you're getting close to being at that limit on your standard deduction, I think it's twenty four thousand five hundred for a couple filing jointly. If you're real close to that and you are a giver, then, yeah, think about doing two years' worth in one year and go ahead and itemize that one year. Right. And then the following year, you use your standard deduction, and that way you maximize the standard deduction and your itemization. Uh, That's called lumping. And so if you guys are thinking about that, you might have a discussion with your CPA and say, hey, would it make sense for us to do this? Talk to your charity to make sure everything's going to work out there. And, hey, why not? You're going to give it. You might as well be able to get that tax deduction. That's in the tax code. You're not cheating anyone. You're just being efficient about it. All right, so being efficient. Matt, we have a lot of retirees, and a lot of them are age 70 and a half, um, and that was the former required minimum distribution age. Now it's at 72. So what can people do if they have to take money out of their retirement accounts, IRAs, 401Ks, and they don't really need it, what are some efficient ways for them to take that money and give it without having to pay tax on it? That sounds too good to be true, first of all. Can they do that? Yeah, so yeah, if you have IRAs, 401ks, and you have to take a required minimum distribution, you're at that age, then one thing you can look at doing is a, what's called a qualified charitable distribution. And you, you, had, you said, well, what if they don't need it? And I would make the argument that even if they do need it, but they give. If you're giving in general, even if you are going to need the IRA money, if you're giving out of other funds, the QCD still makes sense. So the QCD, the Qualified Charitable Distribution, is essentially when you tell your custodian or whoever holds your IRA, so let's say it's TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab or whoever it is, you tell them, you know, hey, instead of sending me this money, send it directly to my church or the charity that you're going to be giving to it, as long as it's a 501c3. So it satisfies the required minimum distribution, the amount that you have to take out, assuming you take that full amount out or more. Um, and so you don't have to claim it as income in that year because it never comes to your through your hands and the church or charity benefits from getting that, you know, that total amount. So it's a very, very efficient way. We kind of say at a high level, if you're already giving, you're at the age of RMD, QCD age, like it's really kind of a no-brainer for people who are in that situation. So... Those of you with IRAs and 401ks that you are either 70 and a half or 72 now, and you're being required to take a minimum distribution, an RMD, 
what Matt is saying is if, if you're a giver anyway, right now you're pulling money out, you're paying the tax, and you're giving, here's a tax-efficient way to do that. Just have the money sent directly from your IRA straight to your charity. The charity gets 100% of it, and you pay no tax on it. That's almost and, too good and to if be you true. And if you're taking the standard deductions, a lot of retirees are taking the standard deduction, right? And so let's say your income for the year is 60000 you're retiree, you're taking the standard deduction, and your required minimum distribution is ten thousand dollars on top of that sixty. Well, if you if you take the distribution, you know, as a you take your required minimum distribution, and um, you have to claim that ten thousand dollars as income. Now your your total income seventy thousand minus the standard deduction. Versus if you do the QCD, you know, it's your income stays at sixty. You give that ten thousand directly to the church. So. Basically, all that's saying is like the standard deduction has more of an impact when you do things like the QCD versus taking his income because your 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 income isn't as is you know much. Um, so yeah, very efficient. And we can chase a rabbit here too because the more income you have can uh, have tax implications to your Social Security. Could have implications to your Medicare payments. So you want to keep those within a certain range, and we won't dig into that today. But qualified charitable distributions, of, if, you're of the, if you're 70 and a half, you can do that. Uh, so just know that. If you have any questions, give us a call. Give your CPA a call. We'll be happy to help you with that part. Matt, we talked about in the podcast a few, ta- few uh, months ago about something called a donor-advised funds. So who would a donor-advised fund be suitable for? What, of our listeners, who would it impact? Yeah, typically your donor-advised funds are for your higher income, higher net worth individuals. Um, obviously, it's situational, but that if you're kind of wanting to generalize it for and who, who it might make the most sense for, it would be those those two groups of people. But a donor-advised fund is essentially where you're setting up a charity kind of yourself. And I'm, I'm oversimplifying here, but you're basically setting up your own charity that's managed by um, a fund, a, a charitable company essentially that that manages these types of things and you can give money to your own charity in a given year and realize the tax benefits in that calendar year but you don't actually have to grant or gift the money to the charities or church um, in the same calendar year so you can put the money in your donor advised fund you can invest that money that money can grow and work for you and then out of that charity over the years, over time, you can write grants and, and distributions from the donor advice fund, but it allows you to maybe kind of accomplish some similar things like lumping, right? You're trying to take advantage of capturing more of the tax benefits in a single calendar year. So you can gift real estate to a donor advice fund. You can give stock. You can give cash. Different assets that you give to a donor advice fund are um, there's different benefits. For example, if you give cash, you don't get a dollar for dollar deduction. Um, it's 60 cents on the dollar, but there's different things to look at, but it can be a very efficient way to, um, to give, you know, an example that I've given with clients or worked through with clients is, Hey, you know, if we're in the late latter end of our career, very high earning, you know, earnings the last few years of our career, and we're, we're going to give well into retirement. Is there a way, could we fund a donor advice fund that might, um, be we maybe we can use as our source of tithing for those first 10 years of retirement or something maybe we kind of overfund it in the beginning take take the tax benefits and then write grants out of it for the foreseeable future in retirement so there's just different ways very effective very interesting option for a lot of people 
um, especially if you're higher income, you know, higher net worth individual. And it also would apply to people that are thinking about doing Roth conversions. So with Roth conversion, you're taking money out of an IRA that looks like income, you got to pay tax on it and put it into a Roth. So if you've got all that fake income, if you want to call it that, now if you do your donor advised fund in the same year, you have a lot more deductions to offset that income that can wash. It may or may not work for you, but that is something if you're thinking about it, that would be a good thing to do. You know what? These donor advised funds are really catching on because at Fidelity, they have nearly tripled in the last decade. Went from less than 54,000 to over 154,000 now. So these things are real. They are efficient. They're good. Does it work for everybody? No. But if, if you're charitably minded and you need to get a tax break in any one given year, this may be something that you want to check out and take a look at. All right, Matt, so we've talked about uh, lumping. We've talked about standard deductions. We've talked about qualified charitable distributions. We've talked about donor-advised funds. Other thoughts about giving here at the end of the year? Yeah, one way you can give is if you have um, highly appreciated stock in a non-qualified account. So maybe it's a, um, you know, it's the company that you worked for that you have a concentrated position in one company or some stock that you bought years and years ago that's really appreciated that you don't want to sell because of the tax implications, um, but you're wanting to make a gift to your church at the end of the year. That's one way you can do it is just you gift that stock directly to the church. And so the church literally opens up and has to have a brokerage account in the church's name. The custodian transfers the stock over and the gift is for the amount of the, the value of the stock at which it was transferred. And then the church can sell it as a nonprofit or the charity. I keep using church, but church or charity, they can sell it and have zero tax implications for any gains or anything, but you get to realize the, the gifted amount. So that's a really efficient way to do that. So you can give, you skip paying the tax on the gain, the charity wins, and you don't pay tax on it. Yeah. Man, it's a great concept. Yeah, All right. absolutely. Okay, another fact that uh, Matt Hager found for us, you know, last year during the pandemic, you know, we had all the doom and gloom, but actually giving went up last year in 2020. That was a little bit of a shock for me. But so any thoughts about that, Matt? What might have caused people to want to give more during a pandemic year? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when I saw that, that kind of caught me off guard. People, I do know, like, you know, there were the two extremes of, you know, basically the two sides, people who were very negatively affected financially from the pandemic. And then I feel like, at least from what I've seen, you know, people that weren't negatively impacted were actually actually benefited in a lot of ways because maybe their income didn't go down. Maybe it even went up because their employer was trying to be competitive, make sure they kept them. And then maybe they got some stimulus money. So they had some extra cash and people were generous with that. So um, I guess it kind of makes sense, but it was it did catch me off guard. I didn't expect that. Well, you know, when we go back to the lumping piece, I had several clients come in and say, look, I got the stimulus check. I, I, I really don't need it. Like you were saying, man, right. they, they weren't negatively impacted. They kept working. He says, you know, what do I do with this? Uh, I recommended if they wanted to keep it, put in a Roth IRA because you didn't pay any tax on it to start with. Now you can grow tax-free. But, but if you really want to get a tax deduction, take something that you never pay tax on and give it. Now you get a tax deduction if you lumped it or above the standard deduction. So that could have been it. That's just theory. We're just kind of guessing here. But uh, it, it, it feels good to know that people during hard times, uh, people actually gave more, which is fantastic. 
Okay. Uh, any parting thoughts, Matt, on giving here at the end of the year, getting ready to do your taxes, thinking about what we do at the end of the year? Again, just to recap, we talked about lumping. Uh, does that work for you? Check with your CPA. Where are you right now in your deductions? Are you getting close to that standard deduction? If you are, you might want to pull forward next year's giving and do it all this year and do your standard deduction next year. Uh, we talked about qualified charitable distributions. If you're 70 and a half or older, hey, that may be a great thing. If you've got IRAs or 401ks, you want to give tax efficiently. Uh, we talked about standard, uh, donor advised funds. Uh, you, if that works for you, if that's something that sounds interesting to you, give us a call. We'll be glad to help you with that. Matt, you have any other thoughts that we've covered today? No, I think just after looking at some of these stats, just I, I want to leave it with encouraging people to give, finding opportunities to give. I know, uh, Mike, you're generous, and we always talk about how you know the, the most fun you have is when you're kind of giving, when you're helping someone, giving away money, giving money to your church, charity, or somebody, somebody who's in need, and on this, one of these stats that Hager pulled was, it says Arkansas ranks ninth in the percentage of people that give relative to their gross annual income, and that's 3.9%. So it's great that Arkansas as a whole, hey, we're, we're, we're up there towards the top, top 10% um, in terms of states. But, you know, I think it's a little bit of a challenge to say, hey, could we give a little more than 3.9% of our income? So just a little challenge to leave people with. That was encouraging that Arkansas, you always hear us ranking towards the bottom of most stats, but we're ranking ninth in giving. That's awesome. That's the thing we should be known for. And by the way, in what you said was right, Matt. When we teach our financial classes, we always tell them, the most fun you'll have with money is giving it away. The most fun you'll have with money is giving it away, and I challenge you uh, on that. And with that, we'll leave you with the thought of the day like we always like to do. Only by giving are you able to receive more than you already have. Only by giving are you able to receive more than you already have. We look forward to you, each of you joining us next time on the Mach 1 Market Moment, and have a great Thanksgiving. Mach 1 Financial Group, Inc. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular skill level or ability. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. The information presented is the sole opinion of the speaker and is not meant to be investment advice. Mach 1 does not provide tax or legal advice. You should speak with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. For full disclosures, please visit www.mock-1financial.com slash disclosures.